Welcome to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner, and today I brought to you an amazing guest, my good friend, Christy Campbell of Fit Me Nutrition. Uh, We talked a lot about, um, Christy's actually pregnant, so we talked a lot about pregnancy and some of the mindset struggles there and what she did with her nutrition and training. And we also talked about mindset in general and her journey, um, talked about developing some healthy habits, and we just had a great conversation. I think there's a lot of takeaways from this episode that you guys are going to enjoy. If you can do us a favor, take a screenshot on Instagram and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner and tag Christy at Christy May Campbell and give her a follow because she has an adorable puppy. And if that's not a reason enough to follow, I don't know what is. And also give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, please. It is the only way I know of to help the show grow. So I would greatly appreciate it if you could do that for me. Last thing I want to announce is that the Neurotyping ebook is officially out. So just go to my Instagram profile, click the link in my bio, check out the ebook. A ton of information in there that I know you guys are going to enjoy. So check it out and enjoy this episode with Christy Campbell. All right, guys, I am joined by my good friend Christy Campbell, who is a badass nutrition coach and one of my favorite people. Uh, you know, one of the first times that we met, I felt like you were just somebody that was easy to connect to, which you probably get all the time and probably why you're a, su- a successful nutrition coach. Um, and I think that you're just somebody that I respect because I tend to think of myself as somebody who has a very on-point bullshit meter, and you are somebody who comes across as truly authentic, which is rare. And I, again, I think that probably is what has contributed to your success. So first of all, welcome, and thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I uh, I feel the same about you. I feel like we were friends like immediately. Yeah. And um, so I'm really grateful to be on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for those of you who don't know, uh, let's give the audience a little introduction. Um, what I always like to kind of find out is the first, like your first experience or entry into fitness. And then if there was like a moment where you were like, you know what, this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life and kind of what that was like. Um, well, I think that's a great question. I know everybody has sort of their like intro into becoming a fitness professional. And most of the time it's inspired by a coach or something that like did something amazing for them. Um, and I think mine was probably similar. Um, I was a soccer player growing up, um, an athlete. Um, but I ate a lot of like BS, like eighties and nineties kid food, you know, nutter butters, got, you know, the, the fruit snacks The I remember eating like three Otis Spunkmeyer cookies and a bag of popcorn every day for lunch. Like I didn't, I did not eat real food. Most of my vegetables came from a can, you know, single mom kind of thing. And so, um, but I was, I was probably a reasonable body weight because I played so much sports. I was so active. Um, and then when I, uh, was in the Navy, so I was an active duty Navy for a while. Um, those habits kind of got worse, started relying on like Red Bulls and sour straws to get me through my days. And, Um, my habits were terrible, but still normal body weight. And then if you fast forward, I had, um, you know, nine knee surgeries for ACL reconstructions and, uh, two kids, I got married and had two kids and, um, I was 50 pounds overweight and it wasn't baby weight. It had been there for, you know, 18 months plus it wasn't coming off. And, um, I just kind of accepted that, you know, oh, this is where I'm at right now. Like this is, this is where I'm going to be at forever. I'm going to be 
a mom. I'm going to wear mom clothes. I'm not going to like my body. I'm not going to have fun and do the fun, like athletic things I used to do. Um, but I didn't like that feeling at all. Um, and so just like probably a lot of people, I tried all the things, you know, I tried like, I, I bought the Brazilian butt lift and like, I did Weight Watchers like eight times. And I like tried to lose weight. I wanted to feel like my old self. Um, and I was only like, you know, in my late twenties, but I was like, well, I guess this is just what happens, you know? And I had this knee that didn't do awesome anymore. And like, I would had so many knee surgeries and I just kind of was like, you know, um, I guess this is, this is reality. Um, but I wasn't, uh, happy with it either. And fortunately I, uh, I found a coach. I didn't know who, what I was finding. Actually, I walked into a, a world gym and, um, you know, was doing step class and stuff and it was fine, but I probably wouldn't have stuck with it. And then I ran into a trainer and, um, you know, he, I don't know that he was the best trainer in the world, but he was just an amazing coach. I mean, he's a great trainer, but I, it wasn't the fact that he knew everything or, you know, was like the primo guy. It was just that he treated me like an athlete and he cared and he showed me basics and he showed up for me and he kind of changed my mindset. And that was the beginning. And I lost weight and I started rebuilding my fitness and, you know, eventually found CrossFit and weightlifting. And then it was just like game over. I was like, I have to do this for others. Like this was, you know, it didn't matter what profession, um, how, what I'd gone to school for or what anyone does in their professional life. If you're like unhappy in your skin, you're unhappy. And so I was like, man, I can help people feel good again. That's what I want to do. So that's how I became a coach. Yeah, I love it. And your story has so many similarities to mine. It's funny, as you're running through like all the BS food, I'm like sitting there thinking in my head of all the crap. Like here it was Tasty Cakes. I don't for people who are outside of Philadelphia, they might not know what Tasty Cakes are, but I know what Tasty Cakes yeah, are. Yeah, they're they're ridiculous. But um and just so much other crap. Like I didn't even think about quality food until well after college and it was it was like the you know, the college habits that stuck with me that got me to a point. Um, where when I was in high school, I was able able to, you know, outwork, so to speak, like I was an athlete. So I didn't even have to think about that stuff. And even through college, I, you know, continued to play sports. And then it was just the habits that kept going and the organized sports stopped. And, and then it was just this like rude awakening of like, holy shit, I can't believe I ended up in this place. And um, your that mindset that you talked about of like, well, I guess this is just my new norm. Uh, I think that's super common for people. Uh, so what was like, or maybe talk about it from the from the coaching side of what you see when people have that mindset of, you know, is this just who I am because I've tried everything? You know, I was the same way. I tried a million different programs and nothing really stuck. So, you know, oftentimes we get, we, you know, end up in that place or that frame of mind where it's like, well, maybe this just isn't for me and this is just, uh, you know, where I'm I'm stuck for the rest of my life. And how do you kind of maneuver through those thoughts? Well, as I as I like changed my own body, I started to become more and more aware of, um, labels I had placed on myself. Um, so for example, like the entire time I was in the Navy, I was never able to do even one pull-up, not one. And I just, you know, that was a label. I can't do pull-ups or I can't do rope climbs. Like that's not something I'm good at or could do. And then as I like physically changed and I started to like realize that if I just kept working hard at it, I could attain those things. That was a really big mindset, 
mindset shift for me because I realize like now as a coach and I'm watching people that like that sort of resignation to whatever norm you're at has a lot to do with labels we put on ourselves. So you can say like, I am a terrible cook or like I'm not athletic or I'm not good at cardio or I'm terrible at food prep or, you know, I've always been chunky or everybody in my family is, you know, overweight or I'm too busy. And those are all just labels. And so now as a coach, you know, through my own journey and trying to regularly like look at my own limiting beliefs and say like, is that really true? Or have you just not put the work in or do you just not know how to do it and you just need help? Um, I can help others sort of do that too and say like, you know, you're not stuck in this place. Like it doesn't matter that you have had a bunch of surgeries or you've had kids or you have a super busy job or you, um, whatever it is, or you're 50 or whatever, like you, those are just labels. And so when you take away those labels and you say, well, like, what do I need to do to feel better and change? It opens up the whole world because then you're empowered because you can, you can take control. Totally. And I, I love that. Uh, you know, the labels or the self-limiting beliefs or the stories that we tell ourselves, oftentimes it can be something that we created without really any fact behind it, or it could be something that was placed onto us by somebody else, especially when, you know, when you're young and, you know, impressionable and you, you know, somebody said something like, oh, well, you're just not good at math. Like you may have been, you know, pretty good at math, but for whatever reason, you know, you had a bad day and the teacher made a stupid comment, but it sticks with you. And, you know, I heard something the other day that was like um, adults, external thoughts become kids, internal thoughts. So you have to be careful with what you're saying as an adult when there's, you know, when there are kids around because they can take that and then internalize it. And then that becomes their the story that they tell themselves and, and, you know, or the label like you talked about. And I think that that's a huge thing to actually sit and realize that there's actually no validity to it. It's just something that you've been led to believe. Um, And when you have that belief, you kind of stay away from those things. So like, as what you talked about the pull-up example, like, well, I can't do a pull-up, so I'm not going to try to do pull-ups. And obviously if you don't try to do pull-ups, you're never going to do it. So you almost confirm that reality. But um, when you take a step back and realize that it's just a label or a story that you've told yourself and then break it down into, if I wanted to do a pull-up, I actually have to practice doing pull-ups and realize that you have way more control than you think, which I love. So one of the things that I respect so much about you is the fact that you have a million different things going on in your life. So you have two kids and you have a baby on the way. You have a new puppy. You have a business. You have a <laughs> husband who is on deployment now. So you're basically like single momming right now. Um, how do you manage everything? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so here's the, I guess like there's no magic to it um, because sometimes I feel like um, my life's pretty normal. And then other times I'm like, oh man, like, I guess I do have a lot of balls in the air. Um, You know, I guess I can just circle back to when I really felt like my body changed and my mindset changed that that shaped me in a lot of ways. Like, and even though that didn't happen until I was like in my mid to late twenties, I guess it was like my late twenties, almost 30, that this sort of mind shift happened. Um, it's really impacted how I approach challenges. So for example, like 
last year when I started my nutrition coaching business, you know, I knew what was on the horizon. We were going to move cross country. My husband was going to leave on deployment. Like we had a million things to do and, and I had to leave a job that I was comfortable with, you know, like a stable position with community and all that and start completely on my own. And there was a million reasons to like, not do it. Um, and, and just wait, you know, wait till I get established, wait till there's less stress, wait till there's this and that. And, um, but I didn't because I was like, you know, part of this is real life for me. And so like putting it on the back burner until time is, you know, convenient or better is not what I preach to my clients. Um, and so even for me, like fitness and business and family stuff, like there's no waiting until life, you know, makes it easy. You just got to do the best you can, um, during the craziness. So, you know, we, we moved cross country. Um, you know, I set up a house with the kids and, you know, new schools and all the logistics that come with that. And, you know, my husband left on deployment. We found out we were pregnant, like by surprise, um, five days before he left. Um, it was a good surprise, but, um, you know, I had thought that door or that chapter was closed for us. Um, you know, we are, my boys are eight and 10. So I gave away like 20 tubs of baby gear before we moved. Um, and so it was a surprise. And, uh, but even that, I felt like that was a moment where I could have been like, Oh, well, I'm going to stop working out. You know, I'm going to like dial back my coaching. I'm going to slow things down. And instead I felt like, well, this is just my truth right now. My, my challenge. And, my reality and hopefully it'll, you know, teach me something along the way and help other people. So again, it's just kind of like the mindset shift. Like my knee was never going to get better. You know, that first day of like going to that, you know, working with that trainer, like it it was never going to be like, Oh, I got to wait till my knee feels good to do it. And once I kind of got over that, it sort of opened the door to never letting that stuff um, stop me from doing things or at least trying, you know? Yeah. And I love that you made the mindset connection because I was hoping you would go that direction. And I think that it's so important because a lot of people would look at your situation and say that you had, you know, valid excuses if you did want to dial back what you were doing or, you know, basically say, like, I'm not going to prioritize my training as much or, you know, something needs to be sacrificed and, and it would be perfectly valid. But I think, you know, you can either find excuses or you can find solutions. But um, what's kind of any sort of like strategies or anything that you've used to keep things like training, which would be very easy for something like that to fall off in the midst of everything, where you're able to still prioritize that while taking care of your family, while running your business and, and know like this is important to me. It's going to still be a part of my everyday life, even though I've got a bunch of stuff that I'm trying to juggle right now? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. And I think it doesn't come like that part is a mindset, but it's more than that. It's, it's um, creating new habits. So um, that is one of the things that is really important to me as a coach. And one of the programs that I have in my, in fit me nutrition is a habits program where we sort of build the safety net for life with habits like moving every day with, you know, grocery shopping for real food with avoiding fast food, drinking your water. Like, so because that became such a, um, I don't know, like bedrock of my days when things were awesome, 
it was, it was really important for me to say like, these are things that I'm going to be committed to no matter what, even when life is kind of sketchy. So that, um, that commitment to myself has allowed me to be consistent where, you know, you could put like eating well on the back burner or working out. It's sometimes it's just showing up and just saying like, today's not perfect, but I'm going to put the day in the books and like do the best I can. Um, but that was like a commitment to like creating that habit. So like, I love helping people do that because it's a very different type of approach than saying like, Oh, I'm going to like work out really hard for the next like eight weeks to get X, Y, or Z. Like that's cool. That's, that's one thing. But like what I'm really like into for myself and others is like, you know, I train my body to feel strong and awesome, but I move my body because it's important and it's a habit and I don't want that habit to go away. Um, and so like, it's just, um, it's something that I deliberately do. And every time I have something crazy that comes up, like maybe I go away for a weekend and you know, life's not normal and I don't get to work out as much or I eat kind of weird or maybe like something hard happens at home. Like, life happens and things get stressful. Those are always the things that I go back to first. I'm like, okay, well let's get some exercise in and sweat. And then that's going to make me like make a better lunch, you know? And then I just go back to those things and it helps me reset after real life. um, Yeah. They become, they become like your default. And, and I talk, and I think that was like a paradigm shattering moment for me when I first got into coaching Uh, I was very much on the like macro based, like, let's just, you know, hit your numbers and call it a day. And what I realized was that we could get a short term result from that. But the foundational piece was never there because we weren't changing any sort of behavioral patterns except placing these like arbitrary numbers in front of somebody. And, you know, that's nothing against macros. I think they provide a nice framework. But the the habits when I realized like to make long term sustainable, lasting change, you have to start with the foundational piece, which is your daily habits and your intentions. And that stuff is like life. Like you said, shit's always going to come up. Life is going to get stressful. Things are going to happen that you didn't plan for. And when that, when that shit goes down, you're, you're going to naturally default back to your habits. And I think that, you know, when you um, had mentioned you were doing the uh, fit me habits group, I thought it was like an amazing way to, really hammer home the foundational piece for for your clients and it's something that I completely changed in my coaching style after learning that you know just throwing numbers at somebody we're doing them a disservice we have to start from the ground up uh, to make it sustainable Uh, anybody can get a short-term result but it will be short-lived in order to make it lasting we obviously we have to start from the behavioral changes and and I think also what you said is connecting to how those things improve every area of your life. So when you have, you know, a weekend away and you're not feeling right, going back into that routine or those habits that you've built up over time, you start to connect that, hey, I feel better when I do this and I'm, you know, I have more clarity and, and I'm in a better mood and you start to connect internally with how those things make you feel, which then you intentionally make those decisions for yourself. You want to do those things. And I think that's a powerful shift when it happens instead of you're doing it because a coach told you to versus now I'm doing it because I know this makes me feel so much better when I do it. Yeah. And I think like 
one of the biggest mistakes that people make. Um, and I get asked a lot of, you know, like, how are you, how do you stay motivated? Or like, you know, how do you be, how are you positive and how do you, um, make yourself do this stuff? And I'm like, I don't wait to feel good to start. (laughs) I don't wait to feel motivated. So like if I had a weekend of travel or I come back from a vacation or something, nobody feels like working out. Nobody feels good. Your clothes don't fit right. You just don't feel motivated. So like I have things that I do that make me get going like little stuff like that's kind of stupid and silly, but like help me. So for example, like, um, if I'm not feeling motivated, I change my clothes. Cause if like I'm sitting around in like sweats, like, of course I'm not motivated. So I'll like put on like my workout pants and my workout shoes and like put my sports bra on and like just changing my clothes, you know, usually gets things at least feeling a little bit better And then, you know, the second key is go sweat, like any kind of sweat, whatever. Um, But that little endorphin kick I get from sweating or going for like a long walk or like going to CrossFit class or doing some weightlifting, like that's usually enough to trigger the food stuff. So like the food thing is always, I think, harder potentially for some people than the workout. So I usually like to start with like break, you know, get back into sweating and then, okay, I'm drinking water and, and like now let's grocery shop and get set up. Um, and I love the point that you made about not needing motivation. I actually just did an episode on that and it was called motivation is bullshit because it's just an emotion. It's going to come and go. You it's unpredictable. Some days you'll wake up, you feel great. Other days you're like, I I don't really want to go to the gym, but when you're committed, you just do it because you know that you're, you know, you're in it for a long-term investment in yourself. And it's not about that mood that you're in, in that moment, it's about knowing that you're committed to this and you want to improve yourself and you know how it makes you feel and you know you'll feel better when you're done. And, and I think that just being committed is you know an important step. Um, so you mentioned the nutrition piece being a little bit more challenging. And I have to imagine that um, you know a lot of your clients are kind of in a similar situation where they're trying to juggle family life and also caring about their fitness and their health. Um, and you mentioned kind of like the habit around grocery shopping and picking quality foods. And I know a common challenge is when you have somebody who really cares about their health and they're trying to make better decisions, but they have a family or a partner or kids then, and it makes it challenging because not everybody's on board with, you know, eating vegetables and high quality proteins and, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, So how do you kind of work around that? And what are some tips or some strategies that you've used like for your family to kind of get everybody on the same page? Um, I think one thing is is like, no, but it's not sustainable to eat different food than your people in the long run. Like if you want to do that really short term, like you have something like right on the horizon, you've got to like buckle down and do a thing. That's fine. But like, as far as you're like long term being fit and healthy and and maintaining like a good weight, you've got to eat the same thing as your people. So like, you've got to bridge that gap somehow. And I, and it doesn't mean the same serving size or like, you know, anything like that, but I'm just saying, you don't want to be the mom who prepares one meal for yourself, one meal for your husband or your partner or your boyfriend. And then, um, you know, a different meal for the kids, like one, your kids are going to grow up thinking that chicken fingers and, you know, French fries are food and that mommy eats diet food and daddy eats whatever he wants. And like, that's, that's not what you want. So bridging that gap 
in the beginning can be hard because if you've had certain things in your house, like, um, you know, step one is to get them out of your house. Um, I think that can be one of the most effective strategies for families and for couples. So like, even if you don't have kids, um, if you don't want to eat it every day, then don't put it in your house. Um, it doesn't mean you can never have it. It just means don't put it, don't buy it at the grocery store. Um, and that's really helpful. Um, and then the second thing is, is like, I really encourage people just to kind of quit recipes. Recipes suck. Like nobody has time for that. Like during the week, I definitely don't. I'm not a good cook. Like I said, I grew up on, you know, eighties and nineties processed food. Um, and so it, you know, the idea of cooking like really healthy, like fancy meals was very intimidating to me. And, um, I think like recipes are fun. Like once a week, have a recipe thing where you try a new recipe. Um, but otherwise you should to, you should default for yourself, your, you know, and your family meals around like a really simple formula, which has worked for me and worked for my kids. Um, which is like, you pick a protein, like whatever protein you like, um, you know, chicken, fish, pork, steak, shrimp, whatever. Um, you pick, um, a vegetable. So something green, like we want like spinach, broccoli, asparagus, carrots, whatever, like a vegetable you do, you, you pick a starch, you know, the right, the amount of starch might depend on what your goals are, but like, you know, a sweet potato, like some rice, some, you know, um, a baked potato, like you can do roasted vegetables, whatever. And then you cook your vegetable, the green thing in some healthy fat. So butter, coconut oil, you know, olive oil, or if you made a salad, you're putting your healthy fat on there and then you just season it well and you're done. The end. Like you can make 1 million different combinations that way. And it tastes really good. It also allows like for some customization for your family. Like people can put different things on what they want. Um, but it's so liberating to just be like, I don't need a recipe. Like I'm just going to stick with that formula. And um, that's how I, that's how I prepare meals. That's how I prepare 90% of what we eat at my house. And my kids have adapted to it and they, they do fine with it. They like it. Yeah, I'm the exact same way. And I'm curious if you had to transition, like if your kids were accustomed to eating more of the processed food um, and then you had to kind of transition as you were on your own health journey and what that was like. I mean, you kind of alluded to um, bridging that gap, but I'm wondering if it just started from, you know, they were used to eating chicken fingers and fries and then it was just, hey, we don't have that in our house anymore. Um, Or if there was any sort of like, uh, because I think the the balance is, you know, you don't want to give your kids any sort of preconceived notions about food, good food versus bad food. And, um, you know, so sometimes over-informing can be a negative and being like, oh, well, we don't eat this it's because it's bad. But, you know, that's going to potentially create some disordered, you know, relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, how do you kind of walk that that tightrope? Well, the first part of your question, my kids were little. Um, they were uh, – when I – first met that trainer and lost the 40, 50 pounds that first year and really started changing how I was eating. They were like two and four or three and five. So they'd certainly, um, at that point we made a transition to like no fast food ever. So that was kind of a growing pains. Um, but now, uh, they just know that that's true. I don't make a lot of 
talk about it. Um, you know, if they're at a friend's house and they go get, you know, Chick-fil-A, whatever, that's fine. But like, we personally don't use fast food. Um, because I have always thought that like, again, that's sort of like a habit that I put in place for myself where like maybe on my best day, I'm picking like the salad and like the like lean chicken off the menu. And then on my worst day, I'm buying like a milkshake and waffle fries and like whatever. But if you become reliant on that drive through, then, you know, you're not really creating like a good um, distance from that. You're just setting yourself up for that bad day. Um, and it, and it, so for me, like that was one of the big transitions was like kids and family wise, we don't do fast food. Um, the other was breakfast. I think a lot of people like struggle with what do I feed my kids for breakfast? I mean, I grew up on like pop tarts and like toaster strudels, you know, I know you had those toaster strudels where you like put the oh, yeah. icing on it. <laughs> um, the best. Yeah. And I thought that was breakfast, Yeah, you know? Certainly like drive through breakfast sandwiches were breakfast, donuts were breakfast, muffins were breakfast. And so that was a transition with the kids because it meant that I didn't buy cereal. Um, we started cooking like eggs and ham and, you know, potatoes. And we did we do yogurts. We do all of that kind of stuff and fruit for sure. Um, and so I think like you have to be gradual with your family. And one of the things that I do as far as like talking about food is that I just try to teach them the difference between food that we want to eat every day so that we feel good versus food that you want to have sometimes like, and for fun and on occasion, like, so I'm not like labeling it as bad or good, but I'm definitely showing them that like, Hey, like, you know, you can have a burger and milkshake. That's fun. Like we go and do that, you know, once a month or twice a month, but like, that's something we go and do. And that's not what we eat. We don't eat milkshakes every day. Like, um, and like, yeah, you want a donut? Like we're out of the boardwalk, like, and you know, like we're getting donuts, for, but like, that's not what we eat for breakfast before school. Cause we'll feel like crap. Um, we'll be sleepy in an hour. Like, so I kind of try to talk about it like that. Like what does food do with, for our bodies and what's the difference between like, you know, fun food versus food. That's, um, what we want to eat all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I love I, how you frame that. And I think also it, it kind of sets up, you know, an opportunity for them to connect. And, you know, I think that it would be a progress over time as they get older, but to start to see for themselves, like, oh, this does make me feel more energetic, or this is, you know, this piece of cake is more, you know, of a celebration thing. So I know that it's on this occasion, I get to have this, you know, or, you know, it's more, it's not about, uh, you know, the cake is good or bad. It's just, this is more of what I have to celebrate a birthday party. And you kind of make that association. Um, it's just not something that's around all the time. And, um, you know, obviously they have to go through their own experiences and, and create their own frame around that, uh, which will happen over time. But I think that just presenting it to them in that way is super beneficial. I'm curious as far as being pregnant, if there was anything with your nutrition where like, you know, I'm sure that you had some cravings, there's some, you know, stuff that you had to kind of change from what you were accustomed to doing. What was that process like? Um, one thing that's been really different for me is that, um, I have given myself some slack. Um, I think that's important to know that like how strict you need to be with your nutrition can vary over time. And I don't need to feel guilty about that. So I did give myself some slack. Like, so for example, like I have not been 
tracking my food and my fitness pal during this pregnancy or anything. I've kind of been very tuned into how I feel and what do I need. Um, I think that, um, you know, if I look back on my pregnancies with my boys, I, I didn't know anything about eating well or exercise. And in fact, I did not exercise with either of them and I didn't eat well. I ate like, I I feel like I'm just like listing all of the bad things that I used to eat and I hope not bad, but you know what I'm saying? Like the stuff that I think of. So, I mean, I, I, I would, we'd go out to eat and I think like I probably had pasta every single day. Um, some kind of cheesy pasta in my past pregnancies every single day. Um, and never ending ice cream. Um, and I don't think that I did myself, not that those things weren't okay to have on occasion, but I would missed out on a lot of really good food that probably would have made my body feel better. So that's kind of what I've tried to focus on during this pregnancy is not necessarily saying, Oh, like I cannot have that. Um, but like, did I eat anything quality? (laughs) you know, is this a craving or is this like, um, me just being lazy or is this, you know, I try, I've tried to sort of be more reflective. So especially like in the afternoon, if I'm feeling kind of meh, like I'm trying to think, well, what did I have for lunch? Like, did I even make myself a reasonable lunch or did I kind of skip it because I was busy? And so then I can say, well, like, no, I don't need to have, you know, chocolate checks. I can make myself something better. And then if I'm still craving it, whatever, have a little bit, it's okay. You know? So I I have given myself some slack, but I have not, again, like I kept those buffers in place. So I'm not going through the drive-through and getting fast food. I'm not drinking soda. I'm not having ice cream every night. Like if I really want ice cream, take the kids and we go get one, you know? Um, I kept those buffers in place, but I have given myself some slack and really focused on what do I need to put in my body to feel good and to make myself feel healthy and make the baby, you know, have everything that she needs as she grows. And so it's a positive mindset more of than like, uh, I can't have those things or like, you know. Yeah. I love that. And so honoring your cravings, but not just mindlessly jumping into whatever you're feeling on an impulse. I think that's, that's perfect. Uh, talk about it from a training side because you know, you're somebody that loves to stay active and I see you get your morning movement in all the time. And, um, how, how has that been? What's that process been like? It's been kind of challenging to be honest, because one of the things about my identity, and I think a lot of women, um, experience this, whether it's professionally or like in, you know, their workouts or even, even in their relationships, when you get pregnant, there's a little bit of a shift in identity because you're like, instead of you autonomous, like by yourself, you're now this like vehicle for a human. And, um, and so then you start to, to like give up things because you sometimes you have to, right? Like you can't do everything that you used to do, but then you feel a little bit like you're losing yourself. And even as you, whether again, like it can be applied professionally, like if you're, if you're working somewhere or if you like love to do things in the gym, as those things go away, you're like, Oh man, like that, that I'm, I'm a person who can do that. But like, that's, that's also like not fair to have your identity attached to that, but it really does feel like that. So I just wanted before I answered your question to say that, because I think almost all women in pregnancy feel like that and they feel like it after they've had their kid too, where they, you know, their identity has shifted a little bit. 
Um, so for me, you know, I was competing in weightlifting. When I found out I was pregnant, I actually did my last weightlifting meet at eight weeks pregnant. Um, and uh, I matched my PRs, like my lifetime for uh, on the platform and my lifetime for clean and jerk. And then it was like, I knew that that was sort of just kind of um, like putting those competitive goals on hold, but not training goals. So I said, okay, like competitive, I'm not going to compete during pregnancy. Um, for me, that's not something that I wanted to do, but I, I wanted to keep going. So I, you know, I scaled back, um, some of the, uh, the volume of training that I was doing. I just kind of let myself go with the flow rather than stick to a, a strict training plan, but I still kept going, you know, five days a week, I would do either weightlifting or I'd started going to CrossFit class. Um, and then as my pregnancy has gone on, like through the second trimester, I actually shifted more back into CrossFit away from weightlifting because it was more fun for me to go be in a class. Um, I really felt like a lot of like stress relief and enjoyment being around people. And I liked having a coach there for me, even though I've coached, you know, thousands of hours of CrossFit, um, and weightlifting, it was really nice to have somebody else there rather than try to train by myself. And so that changed. And then now, um, I'm changing yet again, because now as I'm in my third trimester, I really can't do a lot of stuff. Um, it, my body won't do it. And so that's challenging every day I show up and I'm like, okay, well, there's like 16 things on here that I uh, can't really do. And I don't feel as strong. And that little ego in the back of my head starts telling me like, I'm not as good and I'll probably never be as good again. And like all that crap. But then I just push that away and I just like, okay, well, what can I do today? Um, that'll feel good and be good for my body. And I just do that. And then I, I try not to overthink it, but I've tried to do, keep moving consistently and just keep adapting my training to, as my body changes, what feels good. Um, but, uh, it would be a lie to say that it has been like totally easy or no. that I knew exactly what I was going to do every day. Yeah. I'm sure that's a huge challenge, but listening to your body and then trying to remove the expectation of what you can do or what you used to be able to do and how that applies to today and just going in with, you know, what can I do at this very moment that will make me feel good and, and taking that approach, which I'm sure uh, is a lot easier said than done. But since it's kind of mindset related, I think we have to go into more, just more in depth about that because you mentioned kind of losing your identity a little bit and having some struggles there. And I have to imagine that as somebody who, uh, pays, you know, is a fitness professional and, you know, helps clients, you know, find their best selves and all of that stuff that seeing your body change is not an easy process from a mindset perspective. And I know you made a post the other day about that, like just the struggle with like, this is what my body is right now and having to just shift that, that, um, that perspective. So just walk me through a little bit of what the evolution has been like and how you've kind of tried to manage some of those mindset challenges. One of the things that's hard uh, for me personally is that my, the place that I was unhappy before was uh, overweight and pregnancy related because I had gained that weight from pregnancy. Um, so there's that memory there of like, that's how I got to that unhappy place. So sometimes you 
can worry that like you're going to end up back there. And I think no matter where you are, like in your fitness journey, if you've come, if you've come from somewhere, you kind of have that fear. Like, what if I'm going to go back to that place? Um, and so watching my body change has been like a really challenging experience for me because for, you know, the past few years, um, you know, I got used to feeling like my body looked like an athlete's body. Like I felt like really fit and not that I cared necessarily about my body weight or about like, you know, comparing my, like I, I, I wasn't in the physique competing or anything like that, but I felt confident. I felt like I could put clothes on and I feel good. Um, and that has changed with pregnancy because my body's changed. Um, so it's been a really good experience for me to sort of put my money where my mouth is or yes, put my money where my mouth is and say like, okay, like, uh, when you, when your body changes, like, do you have the stones to keep on making good choices, even though the number on the scale is not what I want to see? Like, or even though like the stretch marks are back or even though I don't fit in my clothes, like do, can I still make good choices? Because I think like, that's where like a lot of times we get derailed. Maybe like the number on the scale is not what you want to see. And you're just like, screw it all. Like, I'm just going to do what I want. Um, because, and I think, so that's been, that's been a really good challenge for me. Um, mindset wise, one of the other thing that's been hard is that, um, body weight has been, uh, is, is a factor for almost everyone I know, like, especially women. Um, and I, I went into this pregnancy saying, um, I'm not going to gain 50 pounds. Like I did with my last two, I'm not doing it. Like I'm a different girl. Like I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to exercise every day. And I'm going to do do this differently. And um, it's been a little bit interesting to see that, like, despite eating well and exercising five days a week and moving every day, I've, I'm 30 weeks pregnant and I've gained like 34 pounds. That's just my body. Um, I'm way healthier than I was like with the past two pregnancies. I feel much better. But, um, you know, that scale number is a bitch. And so you're like, God, I'm, you know like I'm a giant, you say all this like crap in your head or like I have to wear like, like I pull out like a pair of like Josh's snow pants. And I was like, these fit me, you know, like I'm wearing my husband's pants, like, like a thing. But one of the biggest um, blessings I've had as a coach is to, to be challenged with people who struggle with the scale. So I have a lot of clients who um, really do much better without the scale. And so I've had to adapt and help them change their body compositions and change their mindset and their habits without the scale as a tool. And doing that as a coach has given me some insight into how like destructive it is for me, even at this stage where I'm supposed to gain weight. (laughs) Um, so one of the things that I've committed to, um, is that I'm going to do my postpartum, uh, journey, like essentially like returning to, you know, my body, I guess I hate that. I hate saying returning or getting your body back. I hate that because this is my body. Um, but essentially, you know, like rebuilding my strength and losing the baby weight. I'm going to do that without the scale. I'm going to measure my daily progress based on other metrics. Like I do with my clients and not use the scale. Um, and that'll be hard. That's going to be a challenge for me. Um, but I, I'm kind of excited about it because when you take away that one 
little, you know, it's supposed to be a tool, but it ends up being this like powerful, you know, part of your day. You get on the scale and then it dictates your day. If you take that away, then you can really start to identify like how you feel, what's changing in your body. Like, what do you need to do differently? And like, it doesn't have that, that same like power over your mood and over your decisions. And so I'm kind of excited about that. Um, it'll be, it'll be challenging, but yeah, that'll be awesome to see. And I think you're right. It, it kind of forces you to connect to everything else outside of that. Cause so frequently we just use that one data point, which doesn't really tell us all that much anyway, but we use that as kind of our only metric uh, when there's so many other things that we can look at to, you know, see how we're making progress or just how we're feeling. So, you know, the scale can say whatever the fuck it wants to say, but if you feel better and you're performing better and you, you know, your mood is better and all that stuff, there's so many positives, but we ignore all of that just because of one number. Um, it's really a toxic thing. So taking that away and becoming more in tune with, you know, what makes you feel your best. I think that'll be a cool process. Um, so I'm wondering with, you know, I'm sure you have uh, clients that you're working with who are going through, you know, pregnancy or you have worked with. Um, and I, I want to frame this question so that it doesn't come off as like an insult. And I, I want to make sure that you know that my intention yeah. is in the right place. Cause I'm really curious about this, but for somebody who's pregnant and, and potentially almost using that as an excuse to stop doing all of those positive habits that you talked about. So it's like, well, because I'm pregnant, I can eat whatever I want and I don't, you know, have to work out anymore. And you almost use that as like your green light to go back to some, you know, previous habits maybe. Uh-huh. No, it's a good question. Honestly, I think it's sort of how like women might find themselves sort of embracing that mantra, but it's also the mon you know, it's also the the conversation around pregnancy that sort of reinforces it. So like a lot of times, you know, if you have been going to the gym consistently and then you find out you're pregnant and you share that, like sometimes your coaches aren't prepared to um, do anything except say, do whatever you want, you know, like they don't have a lot of feedback for you otherwise. And if you've been like working with nutrition person or you have a nutrition plan, you find out you're pregnant, like all of a sudden there's no guidance. It's just do whatever feels right. Talk to your doctor. And that's like the default. And then there's, um, for a lot of women, you end up like with some anxieties and some fears because you want to make, you want everything to be okay for your baby. So I know like when I was pregnant with Logan, he's my oldest, um, he's 10 now, but before I was pregnant with him, I actually had, um, a, a pregnancy before that and I miscarried. And so when I got pregnant with Logan, I was terrified that if I, you know, exercise too hard, then I would have a miscarriage. So I didn't. And then, you know, you pass that first trimester and you're, you know, you should be okay to exercise unless you have something going on. You can exercise through the first trimester, but I was afraid to, but I couldn't go back to it because I'd already like ditched it. So it was like, I, I just never went there. Um, and again, like a lot of times when you look up pregnancy and nutrition, you end up with like this big laundry list of foods you're not supposed to eat. Like immediately you get told like 4,000 things you can't have. Um, and then... So then like you do sort of have this weird feeling of like, well, I guess I should just do whatever I want because I, I'm, I don't feel good. And like, I, I don't want to do anything wrong. Um, I don't want to hurt the baby and nobody's telling me like what I should do. 
And so then you kind of just resign. And that's like one of the reasons that um, I created that my uh, the Fit Me Pregnancy program is because I feel like that's where I was um, with my first two pregnancies with Logan and Henry, but then also it returned like five years, you know, of working in fitness and coaching and a lot of those anxieties and fears were still there. And I realized that there's not um, a lot of empowering information out there. There's a lot of don't do's. There's a lot of like, see ya in 18 months after you had the baby kind of um, conversations. And I feel like women deserve more than that. Like you deserve to feel good and like continue to be healthy and um, have information while you're pregnant. Um, and understand what's happening with your body um, and not just like wait until you get your body back or you get to be you again. Like you're you now, like you don't have to wait for 18 months or two years to like, because then that's like a terrible cycle, right? Like you, you put yourself on hold during your pregnancy and then the baby's here. So then you're like, well, I've got to put myself on hold for this year because I got to take care of my baby. So I'm not going to work out. I'm not going to eat right. I'm not going to like, do things that make me feel good in my body or like, you know, continue to develop as a person. I'm just mom now. But then like, if you're not careful, like watch out, like 20 years will go by like, and, and then you'll have missed it all. Um, and you deserve more than that. You deserve to feel good in your skin, that whole process. I mean, it's going to look different, like depending on where you are and what stage you're in, but like, you don't have to put it on hold. So that's kind of the the difference for this pregnancy for me and what I'm hoping to help other people with too. Yeah. And I think that what you're talking about is really needs to be said and is kind of, it's, it's lacking right now in our space. And I'm glad that you're kind of taking it upon yourself to fill that void. And I'm excited for what you have coming. Um, even as somebody who, obviously is not going to be pregnant anytime soon, (laughs) but I read like, I'm always so just engaged in all of your content because I see, you know, I, I'm just always fascinated by the mindset side of things and I can relate to so much, even though there's a different reason for it, but I've, I've been, you know, significantly overweight. I've had so many different mindset struggles. You know, I coach with, like the overarching philosophy of mindset first. And I see all of that in your content and I read, you know, all of your emails and, and I think that it's a message that definitely needs to get out there more. Um, so let's use this opportunity to talk a little bit about the fit me pregnancy program that you have coming up and just, uh, you know, tell everybody what it's all about and when to expect it. Um, well, you know, Fit Me Nutrition is the name of my like nutrition coaching company. And we certainly do one-on-one coaching. We love that. I, it's myself and two other coaches on my team. Um, we have our Fit Me Habits program, which is a group coaching. And um, again, it's not like lesser than one-on-one. It's just a totally different approach. You know, we're working on the habits. It's like much more of a community type um, program. And then, you know, when I got pregnant, again, surprise, like I wasn't expecting it. I, I had no intentions of creating a fit me pregnancy. Um, but then I realized as I was experiencing these anxieties and, and also like as I was looking for resources for myself that um, there was a need for it and that a lot of the coaches that I worked with, um, you know, in the nutrition space or CrossFit or weightlifting, um, they needed it for their people. Like they, they needed additional resources. So what I've built is um, it's called Fit Me Pregnancy, and it's really a resource program. So um, 
I have interviewed some of the best experts I could find on different topics that um, I feel like um, women should have access to and you, sometimes you don't. So for example, like I have interviews with a doula and we're going to talk about like the different options that you have for birth. Like I have an interview with a psychologist and we talk about identity and mindset and what happens when you're pregnant and, and all of that shifts. Um, I have an interview, um, with a, um, she's like a, she's a certainly, um, I would call her a sex expert. That's what I would call her. Because I think like, again, that's something that really changes for women when you get pregnant, like, um, you create life and then, you know, like all of your like sort of like sexual energy changes and like, we're going to talk about it. Like I have an interview with a a midwife and resources around that and like, you know, what's happening with your body. I've got, um, a physical therapist who participated in it, who is talking about your hips and your groin and your back and like what's changing. Um, of course there's going to be nutrition advice in there. Of course there's going to be workout advice in there. Um, but really what it's meant to be is, um, sort of like a gateway to more, more support. And so then with those resources come coaching calls, um, weekly coaching calls with me and then also or with one of my coaches. And uh, I just say that because I'm going to have a baby. So I might have to tap out for a couple of weeks. Um, but um, weekly coaching calls and then like a community like via Facebook for pregnant for pregnancy. Because a lot of times women feel alone. They feel like, you know, they've lost a lot of that community because all the things that they used to do are different now. And so, you know, my goal is to kind of like bridge that gap um, and use what I've learned and, um, you know, these experts that I've that I've tracked down to to help women feel like, okay, I can still be me. I can be fit me during pregnancy. I can I can do this and I can feel good. And, um, so that's what the program is and it's going to launch on mother's day. Um, it's, a you know, it's something that could be a supplement to, you know, your existing workout, nutrition, whatever, or it could be, you know, you don't have that and you're looking for looking for some support. Um, it could be something that, uh, you primarily rely on for the community part, which I think, you know, sometimes resources are great. Information's great, but guess what? Like most of this information you can find on the internet, like truly, like I, I, I put it in one place for you and it's like the best that I could find, but like the information by itself is never enough. Um, it's sort of that community part and the coaching part that's going to make it, you know, for you individualized if you're you know if you're going through pregnancy or if you have a client who's going through pregnancy or a person that you love like that that interaction of like how does this apply to my real life is sort of the magic um and that's what i hope that it does it's not just going to be information because that's not good enough i i love it and i'm super excited for that it's going to be an amazing resource i know that for sure and i i already have some of my clients excited about it so um, you know, I think that it's much needed, like you said, um, and it's just something where a lot of a lot of women don't know where to turn. So I think it'll be an awesome resource. And so tell everybody where they can connect with you, how they can stay up to date on, you know, obviously, it'll be out on Mother's Day, but I want everyone to kind of get in on all of the happenings that you have going on. 
Um, I you can follow me on Instagram for sure at Christy May Campbell. So it's C H R S T Y M A E Campbell, like the soup. Um, and my website's fitmenutrition.com. So if you want to check it out, I post my daily pregnancy journal there. Um, you know, where I just write about my real life and you know, what's happening. And, um, and then, you know, when, if you're looking for the pregnancy, uh, resource, it's going to be fitmepregnancy.com. And so right now, like you can go to that site before launch and um, get a 10% off coupon. Just put your email in and that way, like I know you're interested. And then when it launches on Mother's Day, you'll get 10% off the program. Um, so that's fitmepregnancy.com. Um, but yeah, you and I are on the same page about the mindset. Like I'm not a pregnancy coach, I'm not a weightlifting coach. I'm not a nutrition coach. I'm not like those things are great. Like, but those are just like pieces of, you know, the journey um, really to me, it's about, um, remembering the way that I felt like that very first day of showing up to, you know, that boot camp class with my, my trainer, who was my trainer and knowing what that felt like, where, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel confident in my skin. Like I didn't have cool clothes. Like I didn't have any reason to know that I was going to be able to do it. Like nobody gave me any guarantee. I had a shitty knee. I had two little kids. My husband was deployed then too. Like, um, I didn't know how to eat. I didn't know how I couldn't do a push up. There was no guarantee, you know? Um, and I feel like having the mindset shift of like, I'm going to continue to have those anxieties and fears. Um, and I know people listening to this feel that too, whether it's like professionally or like in their nutrition or, um, fitness journeys, you're going to have those, those things. There's no guarantee. You're going to not know how to do it. You're going to fail. You're going to, um, you're going to struggle with it, but like sort of embracing that as like, that's how you actually get to where you want to be. Um, when you find those things that really feel uncomfortable or make you feel, um, like you can't do it, like that's your magic, like lean into that. Like, don't just stay in your comfort zone, like find that, uncomfortable place and be honest with yourself about the stupid labels you've put on your, you know, on yourself that aren't true. And then just lean in <laughs> because, um, that's really how you make change and that's how you change your mindset and you, you can accomplish like way more than you ever imagined. So if that's the kind of, that's the kind of coach I am. That's what I want for people. I could not have said it any better myself. So I'm going to leave it at that because that was perfect. <laughs> I do appreciate your time very much. And the next time that we see each other in person, we're going to be battling it out on the mini arcade basketball court. <laughs> I so, know. We've been talking trash for weeks, but I, I, I don't doubt your ability. I just... I'm just not certain that I can't beat you. It, it will be fun either way, and we're going to have to document it. And, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll get something up on Instagram so everyone can see who came out victorious. And we'll, we'll leave it on a little cliffhanger, but hopefully we can make that happen. Um, and arcade, then, arcade basketball. Yeah. The challenge it, it's going fun. down. And then we're going to have to, whoever loses, that's going to be a mindset test for sure. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a confession of a lack of a ability. <laughs> Back up your mouth. Yeah, yeah. How to overcome defeat in arcade basketball. But, yep, uh, exactly. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and I will talk to you very soon. And have a great day. Thank you.
Thank you so much.